Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at at Sarah S.A. Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In Awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Hello, friends. Can you believe that we are in the final weeks of March at recording of this episode? This month that has taken on new feelings as we mark the one-year anniversary since our world shifted in the U.S. with a COVID lockdown in 2020. Wow. We have collectively shown courage over and over again after all. I've been loving this month's series talking to women who show courage in ways as unique as their fingerprints. Our guiding quote for the series is from Dr. Maya Angelou. Courage is the most important of the virtues because without it, no other virtue can be practiced consistently. I love how each guest in the series has her own unique way of moving through the phases of life with courage and beauty. Today's guest is very special to me, friends, and I am excited to share her with you. Emily Nelson is a diagnostic imaging assistant at a hospital in Minnesota. She's also a full-time college student majoring in pre-sonography at St. Cloud Technical College. As a young woman who is learning to develop her voice, she is learning new ways of being courageous in her daily life. She loves dogs, enjoys time with her family, and has a newfound love for travel. In this episode, we discuss Emily's courageous decision to trust her gut in a big way with her post-secondary education experience, how her decision led her to pursue a line of work that she loves in the healthcare field, even in the midst of COVID, and her life experiences developing courage through sports and travel. I'm so grateful to have this conversation with a special young woman in my life, and to share her with you is a deep joy for me. Her courageous spirit and tender yet fierce heart is a deep inspiration to me, and I am honored to share with you Emily Nelson's courage story. Welcome, Emily Nelson, to the In Awe Podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show and to have my listeners get to know your awesomeness. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm awesome because I get to have a conversation with you today and record it and share it with others. How lucky am I? I think I'm the lucky one, Sarah. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I need the listeners to know right away. I shared your bio, but I want them to hear that you are my niece and my godchild. Oh, I love you. Is it okay that I shared that? Yes, that's fine. Awesome. Okay. But I want you to be able to share about yourself. Can you just so that the listeners can get to know your voice and get to know a little bit about you, just share with them what you're up to in this beautiful world of ours. Okay. I'm 20 years old. I work at Mercy Hospital as an imaging assistant, and I absolutely love it. I work in CT, x-ray, and ultrasound. And at the same time, I'm going to school at St. Cloud Technical and Community College for ultrasound. All right. First of all, I just can't believe that you are 20. And I knew it, but to hear you say it is a whole different world. But I love the work that you're doing right now. And so I'm excited to share you with the listeners in this Courage series, because I think you have such a beautiful message. And so can we back up and just for a moment, talk about what led you to want to do the work that you're doing? Right out of high school, I decided that I wanted to go to a four-year um, college for nursing, and I decided on Winona. And the whole time after high school, I kind—I didn't think about it. It was just something that I was going to do. And when August came around, I moved into Winona, and I was ready to start. And three days later, I decided that it wasn't for me. I moved out. I packed up and left, dropped out 
and I decided to take a semester off. <laughs> You're making yourself sound like a dropout. But from what I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, you went to like the freshman orientation week, but before classes started, you decided to just turn your path right around. Is that cr- is that true? Yes. Yep. I went to the orientation and that is when I decided that this was not for me. Can I just tell you how amazing that truly is, Emily? Because, well, would you just do me a favor before I sit here and put my own qualifications on that? What was going through your mind in that, those couple of days? Like you were questioning, but you know, did you ever think, well, I'll just stick it out. Cause I'm here, you know, the, the dress is purchased and the invites are out. And, you know what I mean? Like it's almost <laughs> left somebody at the altar in a sense, like it feels like that big of a decision in terms of how much courage it would take. Can you just walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. So no, I actually didn't think that I was going to stick it out. I knew in my gut right away. I was like, this is not for me. I'm so far from home. I'm such a homebody. I like my mom. She's my best friend. She's my biggest support. And I didn't have her there. And she was um, three plus hours away. And that was going to be really hard for me, especially because I knew that I wanted to be in the medical field, but I didn't know for sure nursing. And I just decided to do it because you can do so much with nursing. Thinking nursing and I, you know, I totally, I wanted the listeners to hear about this piece because as a person who's worked in education for as long as I have and really was passionate about trying to help young adults figure out their path in life, this is a big time in all of our lives. And so many of us, um, you know, we may choose a particular path because it's what we think others want from us. It might be because we don't really know any different. And like at some point, it just feels like these big high pressure decisions. And so I'm just a little bit curious if you could peel that apart a little bit. Like nursing is great, but, um, you know, ultimately you just didn't feel like it was right for you in terms of the four-year degree. It was the distance. What, What do you think it was that made you you know, aside from your mom being your best friend, because I would totally want to move back to be with her every day of my life too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty great. Um, yeah. So I decided on nursing because my, um, my mom's friend, Jen, she's a nurse, and I talked with her about it because I wasn't sure. And I just wanted to talk to other people who had experience. And she made it sound like it's just the best thing ever. It's amazing. I love it. And I do believe her. I do believe that she loves her job. And I let that stick in my head. And then once I was at Winona, I just sat and actually took time to think about it. I think I was denying that it was actually going to happen. And it was just something that I had to do. Mm -hmm. But once I let myself actually think about it, I realized that I want to be helping people. And I know that, but not in that way. Mm That's really powerful um, because it's a whole, you know, choice to decide if you're going to enroll. I mean, there's all of that um, decision making leading up to getting into an institution and then the move in, you know, the big move. Um, But I'm just so proud of you because I think that so many, in fact, I don't have to say, I think the, the statistics and the research are there. We know, and I, and I don't know what the current stats are. I should have looked this up, but I know at one point it was 70% of freshmen switch their major. You know, I'm one of those. I don't know if you knew this, Em, but I started out in broadcast journalism. <laughs> it wasn't until my second year that I switched to education. I think I did know that. And Callie did the same thing and she didn't know. She was undecided and decided on education. And so one of the things that I just love about this, and, and it's so smart because I think we got to get into this part of your story. 
is that, you know, the rest of the world that spends their time switching majors and, you know, trying to make these decisions, taking longer to make the decision that maybe everybody knew in their gut before they started, or maybe they needed a life experience to get them there. But you didn't, those of us that, that hemmed and hawed, we, we added on time under our lives, which in college means adding on money. And so <laughs> do you want to share a little bit about that? Like, I know that you've had conversations with your sister who is an educator in regard to the, the schooling program. What has this change and path led you to? When I left, I decided I needed to get a different job because I was working at a pizza place and I, I didn't like it anymore. It was, it was a high school job for me and I needed to move on. And knowing that I wanted to be in the health care field, I just, I contacted my connections and she said that they were hiring an imaging assistant and that I should apply and mention her, um, all the good stuff. And I did. And I interviewed. I loved my boss right away. And I knew like, I just felt like I fit in. And I got a call a week later and I accepted the job and I, I love it. I seriously, I was so lucky to get the job and I'm obsessed. Mm. I think that's amazing because first of all, when I heard you say that I contacted my network, I was like, okay, I love you. There's not, um, but that's so beautiful because, okay. So you, you know, at this phase of your life, most you've already met people moving in, they're doing the freshman thing and you're like, nope, not for me. And you didn't sit in paralysis and hang around you, you know, you made some changes. You could have gone back to the stall and done the comfortable pizza, um, place. Uh, but then you took matters into your own hands and you ended up working in this, I you know, say lucrative is a really well-paid position, um, you know, for comparative jobs for people who are in that transitional space. But now you've also found a space to work and study. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about your studies. I mean, you're going to school full-time and I know that you're working a lot. <laughs> yeah, I work full-time. And I'm a full-time student. And honestly, this is where like, this is the only bright side that I see to COVID is that everything is online for school. So most of my classes are asynchronous. So I can do them on my own time. So say I work the day shift, I do my homework at night or vice versa. And it just, it all works out really well for me. I can always find time to do work. I mean, it's hard to not have a social life at this age, but COVID also kind of impedes, would you say, on that? Yes. But what a beautiful silver lining moment, because when I think about it, you are at the age where we don't consider um, to be what they call the non-traditional students, right? Um, I love mm -hmm. that that's an opportunity to reflect upon our practices at all levels of school. And why can't we be more flexible so that we can pursue different things? You know, why does it have to be the traditional path? And that's what I love about your story is that you had courage to not take the traditional path and you could not have predicted COVID coming, you know, and into our world, none of us could, but to see how that's working out. And yeah, I get it. Like you, you're working so hard. It's it's nuts. Um, social life is a good thing at any phase, by the way, just to mention this, but yeah, yes. critical, <laughs> but I love, um, your dedication and your hard work. Can you talk to me? I mean, you work in the healthcare profession and so I've never had anybody on the podcast to speak to this, um, during the COVID pandemic, we're recording in March of 2021. So we're a year into this. You want to give us a little insight into, um, maybe the, how it was at the beginning and maybe where you are now in regard to your own courage just to kind of show up to work every day. Yeah. So 
I had only started at this job. I think it was six months before COVID hit pretty hard in Minnesota. Um, but when I started, nobody, you don't wear masks ever. Mm-hmm. And only if you're dealing with influenza patients, possible influenza patients. Um, so that that's like the biggest difference. And it's so normal now to see people walking around with their big cappers and pappers. <laughs> you just avoid, like you go the other way if you're not wearing yours. And it's, it's different. I don't even know how to explain it because I was only there for such a short amount of time before COVID started. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like for hospitals, we clean the same amount because we cleaned so much before too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really hasn't changed. Washing our hands, same amount of time, um, the same amount. Can you share okay. a little bit about what an imaging assistant does? Yeah. So I help, I help the techs who do the images. Um, I run to the ER, not literally run. <laughs> I go, to, <laughs> I go to the ER to get the patients. Um, I bring them back. I get them all set up. I get their IVs hooked up, ready, set the injectors. Um, and the injectors is only in CT. It's if we use contrast eye, if we don't. Um, and then the techs take the pictures and then I take it all down. So I get the patient off the bed, flip the table. It's really like an assistant for any job. It's just the medical side. I just do their side work for them. And I do a lot of the paperwork. Um, it's really, it's hard to handle doing all of this at once. Mm. You know, I love it though, because it's going to, it's, I bet that it's giving you a ton of insight into the field itself, which is what you wanted from the beginning, right? Like you were beta testing something, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, w- I did it so I could figure out which modality I wanted to go to school for, because that was right before I had to sign up for school f- to get in the second semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched one ultrasound and I just fell in love. Mm. And it clicked right then. I knew that I, that's what I was going to do. So I want to hear ultimately what you, what is your dream job once you're and, and what is your trajectory? Cause how much longer do you have a school? And then what do you want to do with that? Because of COVID applying for the program got pushed back another year. So I will apply for the sonography program in December. Mm-hmm. They get 70 applicants and only 12 get accepted. So I'm pushing really hard in school. So I have that high GPA I'm doing all kinds of extra stuff that you have to do to get in. Um, And then I would hopefully get in in the fall of 2022 Mm -hmm. um, and graduate in the spring of 2024. That's exciting. And so what I know about sonography is very little. And so what I want to know is what, what is your daily work? What fires you up? What do you want to be doing? Are you looking at tumors? Are you looking at babies? (laughs) Uh, actually MSK musculoskeletal. So I want to look at like ligaments and just that stuff. I, I didn't know that was a thing until I worked at mercy. (laughs) Originally I wanted to do cardiac, um, do echoes because I thought that was really cool. That's, um, that's another two year program and it's still there, but I watched a couple and it's just not as not my cup of tea. So I'm kind of hoping to try and stay away from that, but I'm not like completely opposed to that. I really just want to do MSK and work at um, like a Twin Cities orthopedic 
clinic or something like that. Wonderful. So not a hospital with all the traumas. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I love how, you know, you always knew that it was going to be in the healthcare field of some sort. I know at one point, didn't you flirt around with um, athletic training? Athletic yeah, training. I did for a yeah. while. And that's really beautiful because actually what it gives me is an opportunity to, I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but I think about your growing up and hockey playing and how much courage that takes um, as a young woman. And so do you want to share a little bit about your hockey career? Uh, Yeah. So I actually, I didn't start in hockey. I was three years old and I was in dance and then (laughs) I, I can't even picture myself as a dancer. It's very odd to me. <laughs> um, and then I think I we went to one of Braden's birthday parties and Uncle Scott took Casey, Callie and I to the outdoor rink by their house. And I loved it. I loved it because Casey did it. I loved it because Uncle Scott did it and I wanted to be like them. And a couple months later, my mom and dad took me to a learn to skate. And my it's funny. So the coach was there and I was pushing a chair around and he took it from me and told me to follow him. So I did. And this same guy ended up being my high school hockey coach. So I played for 12 years, I believe. And my senior year, I ended up getting captain and I was so grateful and I had just the best experience. I loved my team. I loved my teammates. It was amazing. I love that so much because, well, first of all, because listeners, um, you know, you're naming first names, but if anybody's been listening to the podcast for a while, they would know that, um, Emily, you're just talking about my brother, Scott, which is a super impactful story. Um, he's no longer with us. And I love that. <laughs> that was the influence in your life to get you started on 12 years. It's such a Yeah. Well, and for my four, last four years of high school, I chose number 10 because that was his number in high school. Never, Never. forget that. That's yeah. Amazing. Okay, so I want to talk, and I don't want to beat this up too much, but I remember because I'm coming on the side from an auntie, and I'm thinking about um, being a female in a mostly male-dominated sport. Most of us, when we think of hockey, we probably have an image in our mind, um, and it's usually not females. And so I just think that takes a lot of courage to um, change up that paradigm for people that are you know, looking at that and also to be in a contact sport like that. Were you ever, I think you were in mm-hmm. co-ed, um, for a while. Do you want to talk about that experience? <laughs> it That was probably my honestly least favorite year of hockey. I was um, 13, I think, and I had to play on the boys team because there was only two other girls. Um, not enough to have a whole girls team and not enough to co-op. So I played with the boys. Um, that was it was hard because the coach was very um, favor. He favorited the boys a lot. And he put the other girl and I on a line together and used it as a punishment. The boys had to play on our line for a game if they were late or if they did this wrong or that wrong. And like that, that really hurt me. It hurt my ego a lot. Um, Like Mm -hmm. it felt like he was telling me that I was bad and that was a punishment because, because I wasn't a good hockey player. Um, I, I thought about quitting so many times that year and just being done. Um, I stuck it out because there was boys on the team that were actually super, super nice about it. One of my best friends at the time, and he's still a good friend now, he always reassured me and told me, you know what, it's it's just the coach. It's his ego that is being bruised because you're playing with the boys. And it was hard, but hmm. if you push through it, it honestly made me a stronger person. It formed me into who I am today. 
Well, obviously you're a good hockey player. You wouldn't be um, captain your senior year. And regardless, uh, you know, medals, awards, whatever, none of that matters. But the perseverance to continue through those conditions, I'm certain that my listeners heard that story and they're, um, they had some anger rise up in them. Because <laughs> those are not fair conditions by any means. It feels like uh, I recall your mom having some struggles yeah. with that at the time. Maybe you're on to um, wanting to take care of that business. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are not they're not uncommon experiences for women who are choosing to enter fields and professions and arenas that typically aren't used to female representation. And so I appreciate so much how you share that it's made you stronger. It makes me mad that you had to experience it, but I know that you will definitely use that in your future. Um, and you have already been able to strengthen um, yourself through it, but it does make me angry. Emma. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing that really makes me frustrated. But, uh, you know, having said that, there's a lot, there's a lot about you that I love. And I want to just share that with you because I have the opportunity and I can, because one of the things I know about you is not only do you want to help people, you do like to stand up for the underdog and you're a tenacious <laughs> young lady. Um, and I see that in you, this courage to speak to what's you know not okay. Um, and to speak up and, and speak for people who don't have strong voices. You just have this tender and fierce spirit about you. That is, I think, um, needed in this world and too often unseen. And I don't know, I, to illustrate an example of that, you know, we could, we could do that, but I think more importantly, it's just such a beautiful opportunity to share how your struggles can mold you into somebody who can do that and who can have a voice for others. So one more question about courage. Uh, you are a young woman and I love that I get to have you on this podcast. And I'm also going to tell you listeners that you're going to be jealous, but you, Emily, just displayed some really cool courage and did something for the first time last week or you got oh, back yes. last week. <laughs> that, since you can. Um, <laughs> So my best friend and I decided on a whim that we were going to go on vacation and I've never been on vacation by myself. I've never been on a plane by myself. Um, and we just did it. <laughs> we decided that we both have been working full time and going to school full time and it was our spring break. So we just needed a break. Um, we got a cute little Airbnb in Fort Lauderdale and just kind of stayed there and on the beach away from people, just enjoyed the sun and relaxation. And we actually saw my uncle, Tim, your brother. Um, he brought us out for ice cream, <laughs> which was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I, I had so much fun and I'm so glad that we decided to do it. And I love that you did because, you know, I think, um, as I know about you and, and we haven't, done this formally, but I know you said you've taken the Instagram. Yes. Um, I'm not sure what your number is, but one of the things you've said, do you think yeah. you know it, right? You yep. think it's a six, right? And so that is like, um, you know, it's hard for a six to, to do things like that, to just up and um, just pretty much everything that you've been talking about to uh, do unpredictable things and to make um, quick decisions like you did not, you know, like your journey away from the four year school wasn't necessarily a quick decision because, you know, you got there and you made that decision um, kind of last minute to a sense, but also like we talked about, not after wasting a year of your life or even a semester of your life, you 
know, um, that's you overcoming core fears inside of you and making decisions, which some people who are sixes can get paralyzed in that because they, you know, they crave that um, continuity. But also I can see where it's coming through and you, you don't want to be away from your mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want the what you expect. And so for you to take that trip, um, you know, on your own without anybody else and go into the unknown is a really powerful example of you being able to overcome those core fears and like live through the fear into courage. And I think you texted me before and I, and I you said, I'm afraid. And I said, well, like, that's what courage is. Right. right? I was super <laughs> anxious. Ah. Uh, but you know what? We all are. Anytime you do a first, right? Like there are so few people on this earth that thrive in like, oh, this is the first time I'm doing something. It's exhilarating. Like there's a level of yeah, uncertainty. Sure. And so I'm really proud of you for Thank pushing you. through that. And I know you have memories to share. So that's Thanks. great. All right, my sweet, sweet Emily. I am at the point where I ask my two standard questions on this podcast. Are you yes. ready for them? All right. So if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? I would write a letter to my senior year self. So I actually, I want to say that I wouldn't change what I did at all. I think it helped me realize a lot of things. It helped me realize that I do have courage and I can do this. Um, <laughs> so I would say to myself, trust your gut. It's, I questioned if I wanted to go to college or not so many times or a four year, I should say. Um, and I questioned it a lot because we had advisory, um, where they pushed four years on us so hard and you have to go to a four year, you have to do this. And I let that get to me. And I would tell myself, don't trust your gut. No, go with what you know, go with what you know you want to do and not let others influence you. That's such a powerful message and I'm so proud of you and thank you for articulating it so clearly because so many of my listeners are educators and, you know, we, maybe we don't think about the messages that are given and it's really powerful for you to share that from your perspective that, um, you know, you are furthering your career. You are just not doing it in that traditional sense that you felt pressed into in that time. So that sounds like great advice. Um, and also for, you know, those parents out there listening, yeah, <laughs> being supportive. I think your mom wins awards for so many different things, but just, I'm sure that she never questioned, you know, like she, she was just going to be supportive and whatever you were going to choose. Both of my do. parents, they were yeah. both so supportive. And my dad, I'm sure he was not happy about coming to get me three days later, but he did it. So <laughs> Well, but then he got to he have did. you home, yeah. so. <laughs> All right. So how about this one? If listeners find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt and they need to hear Emily's voice to help them rise up out of it, what could you say? I would say same thing I told myself. Trust your gut. Don't let what others say or what others say is right. Don't let that influence you. Don't compare your life to other people because it's not yours. You, everybody has a different path. God has a different path for you. Um, trust that. So beautiful and wise and wise beyond your years. You always have been. Um, I'm so grateful that I get to have you in my life. And I'm exceptionally grateful that I get to share you with this community because I know that what you shared here today has an impact, whether it's today or two years from now, um, your mission and your message is going to be a big one. So thank you so much for getting past any fear that you may have had to come on the podcast and talk about your courage. Thank you for having me. So awesome. Thank you so much. So Emily, if listeners want to get a hold of you after this interview, what would be the best way that they could engage um, with you? My email. 
And I, I think I sent that to okay. you. You did. I will link that in the okay. show notes. All right. Love. Well, thank you so much for this awesome conversation. And I'm so glad that I got to share you. And I can't wait to see where your path leads because you made such a good mindful decision. And I'm so proud of who you're becoming, my love. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.